It's the football, 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 and sometimes other sports show. Here's your host, AJ Nicoletti. What up? FFFSOSS. At FFFSOSS, Twitter.tv slash AJ Nick3. Big show on this Thursday edition of the pod. We'll do some NFL headlines in the kickoff into an NFL Week 11 preview, College Football Week 12 preview after a little bit of college football playoff ranking talk then a lot of college basketball to talk to uh, talk about between Gavit games and we have the champions classic and we got a lot of um what do they call them mtes is that what they call them i think that's what they call them. mtes college basketball what does it stand for what does it stand for multi-team events there we go so we got some mtes <laughs> You'd think I would I would have known what that stood for because I do know everyone knows I know ball so that's not that's not what we're saying here okay but you would have figured I would have known that acronym but a it is what it is so we got MTEs to talk about you think when you not use that going forward you damn right I am and then uh, we'll do start blocks and pick six at the end of the program so NFL headlines. NFL Week 11 preview, college football, week 12 preview, college basketball, stripe locks, pick six at the end of the program on this Thursday edition of the pot. So let's get into it with the kickoff. NFL headlines, Deshaun Watson is out for the rest of the Brown season. According to doctors, if he got hit in the certain spot in his shoulder, his shoulder would have fallen apart. So for that reason, I think... <laughs> You got to sit out. You got to call it a season. And though, even though you've only played 11 games and now three seasons because you're shut down for this one, so you ain't playing anymore, it's not good. Um, but there's a lot of people that are rooting against him, so I'm sure there's a lot of people happy about this, which, I mean, I'm okay if you're rooting against them on the field, but I don't think you should root for injuries, even if it's, like, what's going on. Yeah. Hey, but that's to each their own, so they can uh, – they can decide how they want to feel about Deshaun Watson. So anyway, uh, he's out for the rest of the Browns season. 11 games over the last three years. And honestly, the reports coming out that his shoulder would have fallen apart if he got hit again. You got to shut it down. And I get that Browns fans have a really good defense. And if they had half of the injuries that they have on offense, they'd be in a great spot. Unfortunately, they have... Their whole starting backfield is now out um, with Chubb and Watson, so it's tough. It's tough. you got to feel for the Browns, who have a really, really good defense and have a winning record right now, but with either P.J. Walker or DTR going the rest of the way, you'd think they're in trouble. And also, like that's a team like Minnesota goes out and gets Dobbs. The Browns should have been thinking about it, especially if they knew this intel about Deshaun's shoulder. Like he was still out, if I'm not mistaken, by the when it was the trade deadline. So I think he came back a week after the trade deadline. So, um, to not go get Dobbs by Cleveland is an interesting move. Now he's in Minnesota, got them a win already. So, uh, Watson out for the season. Browns are going to turn to Walker or DTR. More quarterback news. Stafford is coming back for the Rams to start Sunday. Missed one game, then they had to buy. Uh, they cut Rippon. They signed Carson Wentz to be the backup. So if anything goes wrong with Stafford, it'll be Carson Wentz, I'm sure. So Stafford back for the LA Rams. And honestly, that's a that's a that makes him a different team. 
Um, because when McVay has a competent quarterback, and I'm not taking a shot at Goff here because you know I love Goff, and Goff is a competent quarterback, especially when he was still in L.A., you know, as he's matured into the more the better player in Detroit, if you will. You've seen it with McVay. When he's had Goff and he's had Goff in rhythm, they're a different team. When he has Stafford and Stafford is in rhythm, they're a different team to anybody else. So, like, Stafford coming back for the Rams I think is really big. I don't think the NFC is that deep. You know, I, I talked about it. I only mentioned, what, five teams in the tier list the other the other day on Tuesday where I mentioned a bunch of teams in the AFC that are still in play. So, L.A., if they get a little bit more healthy and find a way to win some ball games down the stretch of the season in the second half, they can find themselves in a wild card spot in the postseason. So, Stafford coming back, that's big for the Rams. They need him. He is a gigantic piece of their football team. I mean, it's obvious they bring him in, they win the Super Bowl, he gets hurt last year, and they're a much worse team. So, uh, Stafford back Sunday. Another guy who's back Sunday, Justin Fields. Uh, for the Bears, he was hurt in week six. Badgett came in. <laughs> they, they won the Thursday night game and lost another bunch of games. They haven't won a home game yet, if I'm not mistaken. Um, on a Sunday, I guess, because they won on Thursday, right? So, Fields back. That makes the Bears at least a little more watchable because no shot at Badgett, but Fields is the top of traffic. Badgett was. You know what I mean? It's just, I'm not trying to knock the guy, but there's a reason Fields was used as a franchise quarterback and the other guy wasn't. Like, it's just not a knock. It's just the truth. Like, so Fields coming back. We've seen him make a lot of plays. He does have a good arm. Does he have the touch all the time? No, not necessarily. Does he have the arm strength all the time? Not necessarily, but I think he can make the majority of throws. And when he's in trouble, he can take off and run. I don't think he's looking to run, but he can take off and run and make a lot of big plays with his legs. So I think that helps the Bears tremendously. I don't think the Bears are very talented, especially on offense besides him. Um... They really lack at the skill positions. They've always kind of lacked at skill positions in quarterback. It's it's been really tough for the Bears as a franchise, to be fair. They've had good running backs when you look back at, you know, Gail Sayers and Walter Payton in their history. Matt Forte even it was a great back for them um, in the recent past. So it's tough for the Bears, I'd say, wide receivers and quarterbacks. And they might have the guy now, but I'm sure that people are concerned. You know, he's missed some games. He doesn't win a lot of games. Now, he has given his team a lead in some certain games, and then the defense has blown it. But Fields now back, hurt in week six, coming back for the Chicago Bears. More quarterback news here. Aaron Rodgers says he'll be back in New York soon full-time. McAfee kind of asked him what his schedule is or what he's kind of thinking of going forward with the rehab situation. So he says he'll be back in New York, and then, Robert Sala gets asked about Aaron Rodgers and basically says, listen, if Aaron Rodgers thinks he can play, like, he's going to play. Like, we brought him in to play. He is our most important player. Look at the team. So, if Rodgers is ready and he gets cleared by the doctors, like, it's not going to be Robert Sala that sits him out kind of a thing. So, uh, interesting news there from the New York Football Jets, but not really surprising. And I, I see a lot of people... 
Because what would the take be if people liked Rodgers? It would be like, hey, don't, you know, don't doubt Rodgers coming back last few weeks of the season if he could get healthy, right? But since a lot of people don't like him because of the political stance he takes, like, do I agree with him? Not really, but I can at least respect his opinion for trying to be um, informed and trying to be, like, a outspoken citizen, which I don't think he's, like, hurting anybody. It's not like he's being malicious with his opinions or anything like that. It's just what he believes. So, hey, God bless. It is what it is. If you disagree with him, and this is what I've said about politics my whole life, reasonable people should be able to disagree. Like, it's, we don't have to agree about everything, but we should at least respect each other's opinions, right? So, anyway, back to Rogers. Point being, I'm seeing people being like, oh, he's not coming back. People are crazy. There's no way he can come back. Like, why do you have to write that column? Why do you have to have that take? Just so you can, like, be right if he doesn't come? Like, who cares? If he came back, it would be a medical miracle. It would be unbelievable if he came back this year and played. What? Like, so for people to be like, he's not coming back. And to almost be rooting against it. Now, I understand if you're rooting against Deshaun Watson or if you don't like Rodgers, fine. But, again, to root for injuries and people not to come back, I, that kind of rubs me the wrong way. I always wanted to beat people on the field. That's kind of my ammo. I didn't really like when other teams had injuries. That was excuses for them. I wanted to beat everybody straight up. And if we weren't good enough, we weren't good enough, my team. You know what I'm saying? It's like, as long as we tried our hardest and we, we played a game and the other team beat us, hey, heads high kind of a thing. But, you know, if they got excuses and complaints and they got ways to weasel out of arguments, I don't really like that. So, hey, say what you want about Rodgers, Watson. Watson obviously has a more, I don't want to use the word criminal. You know what I mean? Like, allegedly uh, not a great pass, as we know, with the misconducts. And Rodgers is just kind of an outspoken knucklehead, but people don't like him either way, kind of thing is my point. So I don't really like the idea of rooting for Watson to get hurt. It's, you can root for him to lose games. So rooting for him to get hurt, I don't really like. And again, same thing kind of with Rodgers. Like, for people to be like, he's not coming back. There's no way. Why are you getting your hopes up? Like, Disagree with them about, you know, vaccines or whatever, like Fauci. Fine. Disagree with them. Fine. But to be like, to write a, co he's not coming back. And if you think he's coming back, you're, d come on. Do we have to keep insulting each other? Can we not just have like a, hey, I don't think he's going to come back. I, I see it. Like, why can't that be your stance? Instead of he's not coming back. Like, <laughs> whatever. So Roger says, He'll be back in New York soon, full-time. Salah says if he wants to play, he's playing. So there you go. AFC East News, the Bills fire Kent Dorsey as their OC. They promote Joe Brady. Joe Brady, if you're if that name rings a bell, he was the OC for Coach Ed Ogeron and the LSU Tigers in the Joe Burrow year when they won the Natty. So he got the job in Carolina. Didn't work out in Carolina. Um, and he was the Bills, I believe, was the Bills quarterback coach maybe? Or offensive assistant, something, but now he's promoted to calling the play. So we'll see what uh, his play calling duties shape up as uh, year two or second time around for him in the NFL calling the play. So Joe Brady in as OC, promoted from within for the Bills. They fire Ken Dorsey. They relieved him of his duties, I guess they said. Um, Ken Dorsey, obviously, the, the former Miami quarterback for Coach uh, Coker, right? C O K E R, yeah, Co Larry Coker. Uh, all right.
Is it Frank Reich? No, Frank Reich went to Maryland. I almost said another Miami coach. No, Frank Reich went to Maryland. He play, He's back up to Boomer. There we go. So now I remember. Anyway, Frank Reich taking over the play calling duties for the Panthers. One win team. I don't know how they beat Houston, but they did. And Houston's going to be really upset about that loss. If they're, if that's what keeps them out of a postseason spot kind of a thing. Um, but Frank Reich. Taking over the play calling duties for the Panthers who play the Cowboys this week, who got some bad news, more bad news about the defense. They've already lost Trayvon Diggs for the season now. It seemed like when the injury happened to Van Der Esch that he would be out for a while and possibly could come back in the, you know, Thanksgiving time or December before the postseason. Now that news is he's shut down for the season. So Leighton Van Der Esch out for the season. Another neck injury. A guy that has played really well when he's been healthy the last few years for the Dallas Cowboys and a guy that a lot of people knocked because of the first-round pick. Um, and I understood that, and I was, I don't want to say a, a doubter, but I would, you know, watch the film and then I'd say, hey, he's got to make that play. And then last few years under Dan Quinn, I think the whole, the, a lot of the defense has really woken up. So uh, that's a tough loss for the Dallas Cowboys. But they've had some guys really step in and play some good football in um, – Van Der Esch is absent, especially in the middle there. So Clark's been in there. Micah really hasn't been in the middle, but he's been playing more linebacker. Marquise Bell has been really, really good for the Cowboys. And it's a shame that Van Der Esch and Overshawn are, are both hurt because that's like a young linebacking core that could be really, really good. So anyway, uh, those are your NFL headlines. It's got into our NFL Week 11 preview. Atlanta, New Orleans, and Indy and New England on the buys in New England coming back from Germany, so they do elect to take their buy coming back from Europe. Thursday night, we get started with Cincinnati, Baltimore. Hey, big game for both teams now. Now, here's the start of the schedule for Baltimore where I, where I really think it picks up uh, for them. And Cincinnati, who we thought had turned the corner before last week, lose a game to the Texans at home where, hey, it's a great win for the Texans. Give them credit. Played hard. You know, found a way to win a football game with Stroud there late. But it's a game that Cincinnati's got to win if they have, if they want to get to where they want to get to, right? So this one's big for me. Baltimore went up to that place early in the season and beat them because Cincinnati started slow. So Cincinnati's got to get them back in Baltimore. Baltimore coming off a home loss to Cleveland. Um,. I don't know. It's it's going to be really, really interesting for me. I think this is a it's a game that I really think could go either way. It's because even though the Bengals weren't playing good football in the beginning of the season, they only lost by three. Okay. Um, I think Cincinnati can get the road victory because I don't think Baltimore is that good. Um, and I think Lamar has struggled a little bit with the deep ball. He says he's pissed about it. It's like Zay Flowers is all right. Beckham they obviously have still. So Zay Flowers has been really good as a rookie. I got to give him credit. Andrews has not got a touchdown the last few games, if I'm not mistaken. So they're not throwing the ball well, but they are running the ball well. Edwards and Mitchell and obviously Lamar has his run. So if Cincinnati with Hubbard, Hendrickson, Reed Hill, like they have to control the line of scrimmage when the Ravens have the ball because then they can jump the mesh points on the read options. They can make Lamar make quicker decisions with the football instead of just waiting back there for somebody to get open in, in zone coverage when they run crossing routes or that kind of stuff. So 
I think if Cincinnati can get home with four, play coverage, you know, don't, you know, you don't got to double everybody every time, you know, but definitely look at Andrews a couple more times with more coverage, right? I think Cincinnati wins the game. Low scoring. Tennessee Jacksonville on Sunday. Jacksonville's got to get right. They've had a couple losses here where you look back at it and you say, okay, like that loss is all right, but they didn't play well. You know, the Niner loss and the Kansas City loss, like you would have thought they would have played better games. They didn't. They didn't play good football games. So you're expecting them to play better. Tennessee is not a good football team. Um, I want to see more from Levis before I make a decision, obviously. You know I do love Rabel, but Jacksonville's got to bounce back at home, division opponent, find a way to win a football game. You don't have to be impressive. It would be nice if you were impressive to bounce back after the loss against San Francisco, but you don't have to be. Just find a way to win a football game. Chargers go to Green Bay, Lambeau, take on the Packers. Packers are not a good football team. Um, They're going to have to sit through it a little bit. Because Love shows you some signs, but he also doesn't have a lot of help at receiver. It's a lot of young guys that he's throwing to. Um, it's a lot of guys that haven't played a multitude of NFL snaps and NFL reps at that speed against those uh, DBs and with that system. So I think it's going to be it's going to take a little longer than expected. I thought maybe if the Vikings and the Bears really stunk and the Packers had an okay year, maybe they could sneak in. But I really did think that it was a Lions division to lose, and it's, it's proven that way. It has, they've started off the season, what, 7-2? So this game, to me, close game because the Chargers only really play close games. But this is a game that they find a way to win. Chargers will find a way to win this game because the Packers will find a way to lose. That's just where either team is at, in my opinion. There's going to be turnovers. There's going to be questionable play calling. Uh, there's going to be some plays on fourth down where you're shaking your head because I think LaFleur's a really good coach. And I think Staley got off to a good start but then made some decisions where now he's just got the yips on every decision he's ever made. Somehow, Chargers find a way to win the fo- football game. So give me the Los Angeles Chargers in Green Bay. Giants and the Commies at uh, Landover in Landover there. Still DeVito for the New York Football Giants. Listen, if the commanders want to take a step, if the commanders want to say, hey, like, we're not going to go away. We're in the hunt. You got to win this game going away. The New York football giants under Dable right now are a disaster. And I don't want to, you know, go crazy because they have some injuries at big positions. You know, Barkley's been banged up the whole year. Daniel Jones was in and out the whole kind of season, and now he's out, right? Um Offensive line, they're signing guys off the couch. Justin Pugh told you on national television. Uh, Waller came in, got banged up, still playing, got banged up. Uh, The wide receiving core between Shepard and Slayton, one of them's usually always hurt. Uh, Defensively, they've been all right in some spots, but then they get no points offensively and they can't keep the other team's offense out of the end zone for that long, right? So the Giants are an absolute disaster. And Dable is not being a le- he's blaming everybody but himself it seems like and he's looking at guys he's like he's yelling at the v- like yo this guy you signed him in he's undrafted free like he should not be taking a snap in the NFL I'm sorry to the DeVito fans if there's people listening from the DeVito family I apologize 
Like, I have nothing, uh, no ill will towards the DeVitos. Shout out to the DeVitos. Uh, proud North Jersey family. Shout out North Jersey. We love North Jersey. Okay? That's not what I'm saying. No disrespect. No disrespect. But you shouldn't be an NFL quarterback. That's not a knock. It's just the truth. Okay? Um, so if the commanders, point being, if the commanders want to be taken seriously going forward, you beat the Giants by at least double digits, two scores. I'm talking 14 points minimum going for, like going away. It's not a game. You win for 60 minutes. It's never in doubt. Have a have a banner day where Howell throws for 300. Robinson and Gibson run for over like 175 combined. Like have a banner day. Have a big day. Get some of those defenders who looked at you trading away sweat and looked at you trading away Chase Young and be like, oh my God, we're doing it again. We just traded some of our best players, some generational talent kind of players, and we just let them walk for like a fifth round pick. What the hell are we doing? Well, here's an opportunity for Washington at home. Have a big day. And I think they will. Vegas goes down to Miami. Raiders are in trouble here. They've, you know... Won two games that, I don't know. Like, I don't know how proud of you could be about the G-Men and the Jets. I don't know. I'm not trying to, you know, I'm trying to be nice. Antonio Pierce, it's a really nice story. I'm not trying to, you know, crush him about it. But <sighs> the Jet game, they probably should have lost. And the Giant game, I don't think they should have lost probably, but. Here we go. Dolphins off the bye, off the loss. Dolphins have done the business against bad teams, right? They blow out the Broncos. They've taken care of some other bad teams. It's when they step up is when they lose, you know. The Eagles, the Chiefs, even Buffalo on the road is a tough game, even though Buffalo's not playing well. But you, you see my point. The three losses are kind of step-ups. Step up for the Raiders here. I don't think they're ready. They j like they're, they're smoking cigars after beating the two New York teams. Like, what are we doing? Like, you want to do it after the first one for Antonio? Sure. First win, you're getting rid of the demons of McDaniels. You want to smoke some cigars? Fine. To do it two weeks in a row, like, put the cigars away, fellas. Keep them for a playoff berth or something crazy. You know what I'm saying? So, I think they're reading their press clippings. Miami coming off the bye. Coming off a horrible first half and a good second half that almost, you know, tied the game for them, right? And they played great defense that second half. I think they win this win this game going away. It's a dominating performance for me, especially if they get A-Chan back, another speedster. And Wilson and Ahmed have done okay in his absence, but Moster and A-Chan, like, together are so fast. And that's just another guy that defenses have to worry about because you have Hill, you have Wall, you have some of the other receivers that have stepped up. And two has done such a great job in the games where they played really good offensive football in spreading the ball, getting the ball to the right guy at the right time with space and room to run. So, Dolphins big. Arizona, Houston, you know, a couple of weeks ago, or maybe in the middle of the season, this could have been like, hey, this game could be for the number one pick. You know, looking back, a head-to-head tiebreaker, all, right? It ain't going to be that anymore for Houston, especially. Um, Arizona's a bad football team. I told you that. They found a way last week. 
because the Falcons are a really bad football team as well. Houston with D'Amico Ryans and Stroud and Anderson, who, if you watched, I think somebody posted it on Trump. I'm sorry if I if I don't remember who posted it, but it's all 22 of Will Anderson just taking on like three guys and getting to the quarterback. You're like, holy dude, this guy's a menace. So, um, you knew it at Bama, but it is another level in the NFL, but he's doing it in the NFL right now. So, I'm going to take Houston here. I don't think that's surprising, obviously. Uh, ever since Arizona beat the Cowboys, I've been really, really salty about that with the Arizona Cardinals, I think. That's me being transparent, folks. Um, so I will take Houston. Chicago-Detroit with fields back. I think this will be high scoring. The Detroit defense, they have some players, but they give up points, and they give up plays, and they give up chunk yardage, and they don't always get off the field. So I think with fields coming back for the Bears – That'll give them a little oomph, a little more explosiveness, a little more, um, I don't want to say trust in the system, but he's the one. He's gotten the reps with these guys. Badgett came in, and he didn't have any reps with the, you know, so now it's the guy that they've been familiar with. He's back in the fold. He's back in the mix. He's been practicing. He's got the thumb going uh, with the pressure so he can feel the ball again. So I think the Bears will put up some points here. I think the Lions will obviously put up some points. Uh, because the Bear defense has not really. I'm not trying to knock the Bears because, you know, sweat and coming over like that's a good move for them. And I know they're coming off the mini buy in a win um, over Carolina here last week. But and they only give up, what, 13 points last week and what they gave up the week before. They gave up 24 in the loss a week before. They gave up 30 to the Chargers. So that's kind of what I'm thinking here, right? Similar team, Chargers, Lions. We just saw them play each other to a, the 41-38 game, right? I think it's similar to that. Chargers get um, – Chargers mimic the Lions, get a bunch of points. Or, sorry, Lions mimic the Chargers as I look at the schedule here. Um, and I think it's a big, big, big high-scoring game, exciting game in Detroit, indoors, on the turf. Lions trying to get some points. I think that's a high-scoring game. Give me the Lions at home. Pittsburgh and Cleveland, either P.J. Walker or DTR for the Browns and Watson's absence. Pittsburgh has found ways to win games. They really only play 30 minutes, and sometimes they jump out in the first half and then hold on for dear life, and most of the time in their wins, it's they play a horrible opening 30 and then a really good closing 12. <laughs> I don't want to even give them the last 30 sometimes. Like, it's a good uh, 12 closing, right? So, I, um, for me in this one, Cleveland at home, their defense is going to give them an opportunity to win this football game because Kenny is going to give it away um, a couple times, either with fumbles or interceptions because that's just what Kenny is right now. And I like Kenny Pickett. Shout out South, uh, shout out the Shore, South uh, Jersey, Ocean. Um, so, I'm a fan. Everybody knows I'm a fan of Kenny. But all that being said, he does have, I don't want to say the motive, but he's turned it over. He's turned it over, to be fair. So I still think because Pittsburgh has found ways to win football games, they will find a way to win this football game, especially with Watson out. I think with Walker or DTR, the Pittsburgh defense smells blood in the water. Watt, and I'm not trying to pull the Jersey Jerry here, but Watt makes a play 
in the biggest spot of every game almost, whether it's a sack, a forced fumble, he recovers the fumble. Um, Highsmith on the other side has been really good. Uh, Minka's out, but their back end is playing better. So I like Pittsburgh to find a way to win a game in Cleveland. I know the Cleveland defense will be all over Kenny, but the Pittsburgh defense is really, really good too, and now they're going up against a backup, and Ford has been good in Chubb's absence, and Hunt has been all right, but they're not Chubb. They're not Chubb, so give me Pittsburgh. Cowboys in Carolina. This could get really, really ugly, um, and I'm not just saying that because I'm a Cowboy fan. I'm not just saying that because it's like a survivor pick. I'm not, it's just Bryce Young... I don't think is ready to go up against the Cowboy defense. This Cowboy defense is really, really good. And you could be like, well, they've only been really good against bad teams. Like, the Eagles, they went down the field. The Niners crushed them, right? Okay, fair. But what is Carolina then? A really bad team. So don't you think the Cowboy defense will be ready for them? So you could say, well, what about the Arizona game? That was on the road, a team they should have blown out. Fair. Early in the season, that was a really, really bad game for the Dallas Cowboys. And that's the game that... I don't want to say he's going to haunt them, but it's a it's a game that definitely hurts. I mean, that's obvious, right? So I think Cowboys go to Carolina and absolutely work the Panthers for 60 minutes. I think offensively, they do everything they want. Defensively, they're going to get turnovers and give the offense short fields. I think special teams will do the things they have to do with Turpin hopefully back in the mix after he was out last week. Um, but it was a smart move to rest them, to be fair. Um and I like Bryce Young. I think he can be successful in this league. I think he's got a lot of intangibles. I think he does have a lot of tangibles as well. And that's why he probably went one overall. Um, and I'm not trying to be like, uh, how could have CJ? Uh, let's not get into that. It's been uh, 10 games. It's been 10 weeks of their careers. So who knows? What if Young figures it out in this offseason and goes crazy next year and the Texans take a step back and everybody's like, that's why you took Young one. Like, we could just be in this different position in a year from now. So let's just cool it, right? You can compliment C.J. Stroud without knocking Bryce Young. I really hope people understand that. Um, and anyway, this Carolina team, not good enough. Offensively, defensively, special teams, coaching, um, even though McCarthy is the coach of the Cowboys, I think the Cowboys win in all the phases that I just listed. Offense, defense, special teams, coaching. This is going to get really ugly. I truly believe this could be 30-point minimum. Uh, so, Cowboys pick. Tampa Bay and San Francisco. San Francisco righted the ship in Jacksonville. Now they welcome Tampa coming into their place. Tampa's been an interesting team. And I've mentioned Tampa and Atlanta and New Orleans and that a uh, NFC South. And one of those teams is going to win the division. And one of those teams is going to host a home playoff game and maybe get themselves into the second round of the postseason where – they probably are going to be at under 500 at one point. That's just kind of what happens with these teams, right? So Tampa, interesting team. You know I like Bake. You know I like the receivers in Evans and Godwin. Um, they've had some injuries up front. They've had some injuries on uh, on defense. David and White are two of my favorite linebackers I think I've watched in this league in a long time. And they were tandem together. Outstanding football players. All that being said, San Francisco's loaded, right? I love Bake, but Purdy's been amazing. Um, the Bucks running game is all right. Niners have McCaffrey. Um, 
Bucks tight ends have been historically good recently. It's different now, and they're going and Kittle's the other tight end. Wide receivers are very, very good for Tampa, but then you look at Samuel and Ayuk, and they've been really, really good for Purdy and the company. The Trent Williams getting healthy helps San Francisco's line. Chase Young comes in and makes their pass rush better. Um, they got two great linebackers. We know that. And defensively on the back end, they're very strong too. So it's really tough for Tampa. Niners at home after getting right against a, a better team in Jacksonville. It might not be the same scoreline, but I think it's a similar result. Give me the San Francisco 49ers at home. Seattle and the LA Rams. I think everybody and their mother is begging you to take Seattle here. I think the Rams win it. Rams win it at home. Stafford back. They get the sweep over the Seahawks as they beat them in Seattle earlier in the season. I don't think the Seahawks are that good. Weatherspoon has been a really good corner for them as the rookie. Uh, you can't knock him, what he's done in his first season so far. I think they've been fortunate in the games they've won. And I think the Rams, when the Rams have Stafford and Donald and Cup relatively healthy, they win football games. So give me the Rams. Jets, Bills. Bills try to right the ship. They lost to the Jets on that Monday night opener where Rodgers got hurt. So they need to uh, rectify that with a win at home. And they have to stop the bleeding. I mean, this is tough. They they have a really tough schedule the second half of the season here. They needed to get some wins where they lost some games earlier in the season. Now, I think there's three out of the five losses where you could think, okay, you should have won those games or at least had better efforts. The Jets are one of them. Denver's one of them for sure. And the Patriot lost. That, uh, they should have won that game. They should have won that game. So that's three games right there that changes their entire season. Instead, they lost those three games, and they are 5-5. Five and five. They have to get to 6-5. and five. They have to get to 6-5. and five. So the Jets, it's been a nice story. With some of the play that Wilson has given them, they've been in game. Like, they're in the games. Their defense is good. But when the Williams brothers are good. Um, but Buffalo at home has to win a football game. Sunday night, Minnesota-Denver. I mean, this is a garbage game. I know both teams are trending better, winning some football games. I don't really care. This is going to be a garbage game. I think it's low scoring. I know Dobbs is... You know, figure out people's names and learn the playbook so he's going to light it up. I don't think so. Denver coming off the short week. I don't, I'm not going to say lucky to win the game because they were winning it and then it got tied at 15, right? And then we know what happens at the end of the game. I like a low-scoring game here, obviously, if you don't know where that's going. And I guess Denver at home outdoors finds a way to win a game even though Minnesota I guess is the better no I don't know I don't know who's the better team here I really don't know and for that reason I'm just gonna lean home team and then we get the Super Bowl rematch on Monday night game everybody's looking forward to this weekend Philly and Kansas City I guess it's the start of next week on Monday but I uh, part of week 11 big game Kelsey Bowl all that and more Going to be interesting because I think it's the Eagles are similar to what they were last year. I think the Chiefs are a little different. You know, the enemy's gone. The offense is a little, it's not 
the exact same. It's a little different. Defensively, I think the Chiefs are better. Um, and the Eagles, I think their front is better defensively, but their back end is worse. And I think offensively, they run the ball against really bad teams. Let's see if they run the ball against a really good team. Kind of a thing. Um, it's in Kansas City. You know, I usually lean home team in this league. And I'll go with them again. And I'm not just saying that because I don't think I need the Eagles to lose games. But Eagles, tough stretch starts now. Um, both teams coming off a bye here. Both teams well rested. We know Andy Reid's record again off the bye. Give me Kansas City. All right. Let's go from the pros to the student-athletes college football playoff rankings. Georgia jumps Ohio State to one. Uh, so Ohio State two, Michigan three, Florida State four, Washington State's five, and then the one-loss team stayed the same. Oregon, then Texas, then Bama. So um, we have a lot of football left to play out. We got teams that are going to play each other in those rankings, most famously Ohio State going to Ann Arbor to play Michigan. The game, they call it. So, I know we have a lot of hypotheticals and I know a lot of situations or scenarios could play out. Give it another week or two and we'll get some more scenarios. Because right now, people will be like, hey, we're leaving this team out with... Yes, if it plays out that way, we'd have to see how impressive each win was. That's how they kind of sort it out. Because if we just say, okay, that team's undefeated, that team has one loss, that team has one loss... How did they get those wins? Were they impressive? Were they not impressive? That kind of stuff. So that is the college football ranking talk. College football week 12 preview. Georgia goes to Knoxville. It would have been a much bigger game if Tennessee had beaten Mizzou last week. Uh, but they got their doors blown off in Columbia. So now they host Georgia. Dogs go up to Knoxville. And it's an opportunity for Tennessee, but I thought and still think Old Miss is much better than Tennessee. And for that reason, Georgia might really hammer Tennessee. Now, I know the game is in Knoxville. Neyland's going to be rocking. They're going to have the sailgating going. I know it's not where Tennessee wants to be right now, but they welcome in the number one team in the country, and they can change the season. So for me... Um, I like Georgia in this spot big. I think offensively, they're starting to put it together more consistently. They get Bowers back. That is gigantic. Bowers coming back into the fold helps so much that offense. It gets McConkie back in single coverage. It gets some of those other receivers back into single coverage where even though Bowers is bracketed, even though he is double covered, he can still make those plays on those balls that are, are on time to him and accurate. So... I think Georgia goes up to Tennessee, absolutely hammers the balls. Minnesota travels to the horseshoe to take on number two, Ohio State. Now, Ohio State, with the number two ranking, now needs to have more impressive wins, even though they just beat Michigan State 38-3. They had a bunch of those points, if not all but three in the first half, if I'm not mistaken. So, Ohio State welcomes in the fighting P.J. Flex. He's still there, right? Michigan, number three, travels to Maryland. Not the toughest of tests, but it is away from the big house and it is a tongue of Iloa playing quarterback. Tally is good. He's not too, we know that, but he's good. Uh, so if Maryland can pull off the upset, 
it'd be quite interesting, but I, and it would change the dynamics of the conference and, and the playoffs <laughs> rankings, as we know. But I just don't see that happening. Michigan, that could be, especially if Harbaugh is not on the sideline again. But even if he is on the sideline, they'll he'll want to go crazy and run it up. So I don't know that we're I. It would really be a shame if Ohio State or Michigan lost one of these games and didn't set up an undefeated versus undefeated. That's all I'm going to say, especially that they both just got through uh, or have gotten through Penn State, the the game that they could lose. Hopefully they both make it to the game undefeated. Northern Alabama goes to Tallahassee to take on Florida State. That could be really, really ugly. The other good game out of the playoff teams, you could argue, Washington goes to... Corvallis to take on number 11, Oregon State. So number five, Washington, the only undefeated not in the post, uh, the, the top four for this playoff rankings. And here's an opportunity because I'll tell you this right now. They're not going to move Ohio State or Michigan out of the top four, but they could put Washington in. Florida State has the win over LSU. Florida State has the road overtime win at Clemson. So the games that they've won, They've won. The games that they had to win on their schedule, they had to win. You know, like, it, those games didn't have to be the most impressive games, is my point. The games that they have to be impressive, BC, North Alabama, uh, Wake, you know, those type of teams. They got to be impressive. So, if they only beat North Alabama by 21 and Washington hammers Oregon State away from home, or beat them convincingly, or dominate for 60 minutes, I could see Washington getting the fourth spot and them dropping Florida State out. I could see that happening because we just saw Georgia jump Ohio State after being a team where they say is a ranked team in their playoff rankings. So Washington-Oregon State, it is a big, big game. Washington's big games keep coming. Um, it did not just start with that Oregon game and one and done. The Pac-12 is a good league right now, and it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. It really is. So, um, Washington-Oregon State, big game, arguably the biggest game of the day. If you're not going to be SEC biased with uh, Georgia and Tennessee, Washington-Oregon State has bigger playoff implications because you could argue Georgia still could get in with one if they're SEC champs. If they beat Bama, give Bama a second loss kind of a thing. So, big game in Corvallis, Washington. Was Number six, Oregon goes down to the desert to take on Arizona State. Oregon need to continue to win. I don't want to say convincingly, but win in good fashion. Because with Texas and Bama behind them, both with one loss, Right now, Bama is not going to jump Texas. But if Bama continues to play better football and Texas continues to get scarce, they will say, even though Bama lost to Texas, Texas lost to Oklahoma, and Bama's loss is better than Oklahoma's. Because they'll say Alabama's wins are better, and then they'll say Alabama's loss is better. Even though it is to Texas, they will rank Bama ahead of Texas. I'm telling you that right now, especially if they're SEC champs. Okay? So Oregon has to keep winning to stay ahead of those two other one-loss teams. Because there are going to be one-loss teams in this postseason. Who is it going to be? 
which one lost teams get in. So Texas takes on Iowa State and Ames. Listen, Iowa State has been a thorn in Oklahoma's side. It's been a thorn in Texas. So can they do it one more time to Texas and knock them out with the second loss? I don't think so. Matt Campbell's in trouble there, so Texas. Chattanooga goes to Bama to tune them up for Auburn. It's not like they need to tune up for Auburn. Auburn's bad. So Florida goes to number nine, Mizzou. Louisville travels to Miami. Uh, Penn State hosts Rutgers. Ole Miss hosts, hosts UL Monroe. Oklahoma goes to BYU. Georgia State goes to LSU. Iowa hosts Illinois. Utah goes to Arizona. Ranked matchup there. Notre Dame hosts Wake. UNC goes to Clemson, Kansas State, and Kansas in the Sunflower State game. Oklahoma State and Houston, Tulane, and FAU. So the teams you got to look at here, the teams are going to be the talking points for the big teams. Penn State, eventually Louisville if they play Florida State, um, LSU, Old Miss, Oklahoma, Notre Dame. These are teams you're going to have to look at to see where they kind of fall uh, because those are going to be – points about the the they're gonna be you know debate points about the the ranked teams trying to get into the postseason all right college basketball we got the Gavit games Michigan beat St. John's in the garden 8973 impressive showing uh considering Juwan Howard is out right now it's Phil Martelli uh being the head coach representative for Michigan so they beat Patino's guys high scoring game I didn't expect that I did not expect that from a Patino game in the garden I did not expect that Purdue Holds on against Xavier. It went by 11, but it was a closer game than I think they expected. Marquette handles Illinois in Champaign. Big win for Marquette. Kolick is so good. And Creighton outscores Iowa 92-84. That was an NBA score. Champions Classic, Duke beats Michigan State. And I, I, I almost picked Michigan State to be my natty uh, pick. But they don't start the season well and it would not have sounded good so i really think they can still win the natty i think duke michigan state kansas you uh, kentucky those could have been regional final games they could have been final four games they could have been natty games i really think those four teams are really good so duke got an impressive win over michigan state after they um failed the test in durham at cameron against arizona and then kentucky really impressed me but the Harris-Dickinson combo is going to be really, really tough for some teams because Harris has developed that jump shot. And I know people are like, he didn't shoot it, and then he shot a little bit against Manhattan, shot him Manhattan, the Jaspers. But um, Harris and Dickinson are going to make that team go because Dickinson, when he wants a rebound, he'll just get any rebound. He'll be like, okay, I want this rebound, it's mine, and put back or – when he's like, okay, I want to get a position on, on the post. Okay, I get it. Give me the ball. You know, he just, if he wants to do something, he can. Now, so Kansas, again, very impressed with those guys. Um, McCullough and Adams weren't great, and the other two stepped up big. Now, you could say, well, they had, you know, they had points. They had points. Yes, they did. I'm not saying that they didn't, but I was just really, really, really impressed with Harris and Dickinson. I thought Harris and Dickinson, possession after possession in the comeback in the second half, really, really impressed me. Um, I was, I was like, Bill Self has has a squad. We know that he he had so many guys coming back. 
Dickens and Dickinson is sick. All right, so the other MTEs, we have the Shriner Children's Charleston Classic, St. John's in North Texas square off. I think they play the winner of Dayton LSU. And then Houston Townsend play the winner of Utah Wake as that bracket goes forward. Legend Classic, Oklahoma State against the St. Bonnies and Notre Dame and Auburn in the other game. Bahamas Championship is Miami, Georgia, and Kansas State Providence. We got the Continental Tire main event in Vegas, I believe. It's San Diego State, St. Mary's, good game. And Xavier Washington, a good game. Um, even though Xavier's... Uh, Hall of Fame tip-off is Mississippi State against Wazoo and Rhodey against Northwestern. And they get the Empire Classic, which I believe... Is, is that the Garden or is that at Barclays? I don't know. UConn, Indiana, and Texas, Louisville. So those are some good, good college basketball games for sure. All right. Uh, picks portion of the show. Let's start it with Survivor Pool Locks. Sorry, Pool Locks. 24 and 6. Coming off a 1 and 2 week. Not great. Uh, but we got three games here. Three out of division. Two home, one away, but... The one away should be an easy one. So, pick number one: Miami Dolphins off the bye, at home against Vegas. Vegas is feeling themselves. The Raiders are winners of two in a row, but they beat the Giants and they beat the Jets at home. Nothing to sneeze at, folks. So, therefore, Miami at home bounce back spot after the loss to Kansas City. They've hammered bad teams and they've lost in some uh, step-ups in class. So, as a team that's not as good as them, give me Miami at home. Pick number one. Pick number two, the Dallas Cowboys go to Carolina. Carolina's really bad. The Cowboy defense can get two pick sixes and win this game 14-3 without the Cowboy offense. And the Cowboy offense is humming right now. Dak's playing really well. CeeDee Lamb's been amazing. So, Dallas, big in Carolina, pick number two. Pick number three, San Francisco. They had bounced back against Jacksonville last week. They welcome in Tampa at home. Tampa could be in the game, but San Francisco wins the game. So pick number three, San Francisco, 49ers at home against Tampa. Sorry, Pulaks, 24 and six. So the three picks for week 11. Miami versus the Las Vegas Raiders at home. The Dallas Cowboys in Carolina and the San Francisco 49ers. At home against the Bucks, Survivor Pool Locks. All right, that was Survivor Pool Locks. Now let's get to the pick six, the FFF, SOSS pick six in the National Football League, the league where they play. For pay. Thirty twenty eight and two. Really thankful for the primetime unders. So we'll go there again, folks. Pick number one: Cincinnati, Baltimore, under forty seven. Uh, I am a little worried about this one. Both offenses have the ability to put up forty plus themselves. I'm really hoping short week, division game, low scoring, um, tight, tight contest. Cincinnati pulls it out, but we don't need that here. We just need the under. Cincinnati, Baltimore, under 47, pick number one. Pick number two, I do like an over here. Bears get Fields back. 
Lions put up 41 last week against the and defense with some players. Bears are an and defense with some players. Lions defense is an and defense with some players. Bears put up some points. Lions put up a ton more. Pick number two, Bears, Lions. Over 47, pick number two. Bears, Lions, over 47 in Detroit. Pick number three was a Survivor Pool pick. I know it's double digits. It's not enough. I mean, this should be 14. This should be 17. This could be 20. You're telling me if this was at home, the Cowboys would only be 13.8? Come on. Cowboys lay the 10. They've been good against the spread last few years. I know it's a road favorite. I know it's a double-digit road favorite. And I know they were probably a double-digit road favorite in Arizona, and they lost outright. I understand all those things. Better team than then. Carolina is worse than Arizona somehow. Lay the number with the Cowboys. Cowboys pick number three. Given 10 in Carolina. Pick number four. My guy Matt Stafford is back. And you know when McVay and Stafford are together, I love playing the Rams. They're at home. I know Seattle will travel. We know that. We know Seattle will travel. We know there will be the 12th man in L.A. But I still think your home locker room, your home stadium, you, you know, it is the hotel, fine, but you go back to your bed. Rams plus one, win it outright at home against Seattle. They're begging you to take Seattle minus one. I'll go the other way. Give me Stafford. Give me McVay. Gino's afraid of Aaron Donald, who isn't, but he we know he is. Oh, my God. Right? Pick number four. Rams plus one. Give me the money line as well. Rams plus one against Seattle. Seahawks come into L.A. and lose. Pick number five and six. Well, if pick number one was a Thursday under, then pick number five and six should be what? Sunday, Monday unders, right? Yes, you guessed it, folks. Pick number five. Minnesota, Denver, under 44. The only thing that scares me here is Dobbs because he's just on a miracle like run where whatever team he's on scores points and wins games somehow. I don't know how. But I think Denver stinks. I think Minnesota stinks. Under 44 is pick number five. Minnesota, Denver, under 44, pick number five. Pick number six, Monday night. And this could be over in, you know, four minutes left in the first half. This could be over with the last play of the game, but we have a system going. We're taking primetime unders going forward. It's been good for us. Philly, Kansas City, under 46. And the final could be 48-45. The final could be 41-30. The final could, whatever it could be, right? You got to take the under. It's a system, so we'll take the under. 
So pick number six, Philadelphia, Kansas City, under 46 Monday night. So bring it back, pick number one. Thursday night under, Cincinnati, Bengals, Baltimore Ravens, in Baltimore. Take the under, you. <laughs> pick number two, Chicago, Detroit will go over 47 there. I think both offenses get it going. You could have some pick sixes that give you some points as well. So give me the over there. Pick number two. Pick number three, the Dallas Cowboys lay in the 10 in Carolina. Pick number four, Rams catching one at home against the Seattle Seahawks. You can bet the money line as well. And then picks five and six. Minnesota, Denver, under 44 Sunday night. Philly, Kansas City, the Super Bowl rematch, under 46 on Monday night. The pick six. Cincinnati, Baltimore, under 47. Chicago, Detroit, over 47. Cowboys, minus 10. Rams catching one. Vikings, Broncos under 44. Eagles, Chiefs under 46. The FFF, SOSS, week 11, pick six in the National Football League. All right, folks, enjoy NFL Week 11, College Football Week 12. We'll recap it all on next Tuesday's pod ahead of Thanksgiving. So Thanksgiving just around the corner, holiday season just around the corner, and we got a lot of serious football to talk about the rest of this calendar year into next year. So catch it right here on the pod. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We will catch you next week. Everybody have a good weekend. Enjoy the weekend football. Until then, peace. Football, football, and sometimes other sports show. Sounds like me.